0: What's up? Welcome back to the Strong Tower podcast episode. I don't know, but I am back.
1: 97.
0: It's a Sunday, and right now, uh, our girl Becca is at a submission-only tournament for domestic violence. Um, It's good charity, sub out domestic violence. So we are repping our giraffe tank tops today in purple in honor of domestic violence and pretty cool and hopefully i'll get to watch her video and yeah. see how she does and we can later. wear them
1: for epilepsy
0: yes we can because that's the real reason i wanted it was the purple, purple. for epilepsy yeah. so i told becca that it can double and she agreed
1: yeah so we got that and then today what i had in my heart was just talk about our testimony and how we came to uh find christ and find our faith and You know, we both have different stories and it's just something that's just always been on my mind. And, you know, I talk to people from all different kinds of parts of life. And for some reason, a lot of them, we've talked about faith and I didn't plan that. And it just came about to be that way. So I feel like I should follow up on that. Um, I feel like God has put these people in my life for a certain reason and I just want to elaborate more on my story and then you, for you guys to hear Heather's story and I don't know I feel like we have stories that people can relate to um, I'll preface it with this is just like growing up you always hear people with their stories, then it's always something hardcore, you know, like, Oh, I was in drugs and I was in an abusive home. And then you came up and came you know what I mean? And hearing people like that, like, it's awesome that they came to Christ after that, you know, but I can never relate to that. No. So I never listened because it just never felt like, I'm like, man, that's crazy that you did that. But it never hit home with me because that's not something I went through. And uh, I just feel like I had to go through my own things and follow my own journey and to get to where I am right now.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. I think I'm still on my journey, to be honest.
1: Well, yeah, we're always on our journey. <laughs> but I'm saying to get to as far as where you are now. Yes,
0: I definitely you know? have, yeah, we still have we still have than-
1: Yeah, we still have work to do all the time, you know, both of us, but you know, there's, we're a lot different than we were before Absolutely. growing up, you know what I mean? So that's the kind of one I want to talk about. And, and I'll let you go first.
0: Oh, of course you will. <laughs> where am I starting? I mean, I don't even know. Like.
1: Just start to, I don't know where you began, you know, cause you were raised Catholic
0: No, I actually wasn't. You were right. I was born, my mom was a Catholic, so I was christened at the Catholic Church. Couldn't even tell you which one, to be honest with you. Um, That was the last time I set foot in the Catholic Church, was when I was an infant. My parents never took me to church until I was a little bit older, let's say like elementary school age. That was when my brother and my sister had started getting more involved in church We went over to Jersey. We went to a Methodist church for a really long time. I loved it there. My dad grew up Methodist, uh, my brothers as well. So when they would come up and visit from Tennessee in the summer, we would take them. And in the winter, same thing. Uh, my oldest brother, Donnie, he was always involved in church. Always. Um, he's on his like, third church now, second church, I don't know, he's now a Presbyterian, so his church is a lot more formal than what I used to go to, yes, I had to get dressed up, I hated that, but I remember one thing that I definitely did, which was, I was listening to our reverend speak, and I was, well, I was definitely in elementary school, so figure age 10 and under, and something that he said to in his message meant something to me. And I loved to write. And I was always writing or doodling on the, um, oh my gosh. What is the, the paper? The, not what is it? Like
1: the, I know what you're talking about. The paper you get in when you go into the church. Yeah, What is
0: that called? The program. program the yeah, program. So oh my gosh. I feel really, really dumb for that. I wrote an excerpt of a sermon that he ended up, actually using. Um, my brother really liked it, so he showed it to our reverend and he was like, hey Glenn, my little sister wrote this. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, the reverend's going to read what I wrote. Like, wow. Because it was a not a big church, but it wasn't small either. And he read it and he couldn't believe that a little kid took that, put it into like layman's terms for, for everyone to understand and he included it in a future service that he did. I missed it because naturally I was sick. What else? The story of my life, right? So we didn't go to church and I missed it. And back then there wasn't like recording the service and you can watch it later. And I couldn't get my hands on like, you know, his whole sermon to see like what he actually did. But he read the exact words that I wrote and... So I remember back then, I definitely pulled something from church that I didn't know that I was able to do. Um, I just remember that very distinctly. So obviously back then I had something going on because I knew and I listened, at least sometimes. Don't know what passage it was, don't know what I wrote about, couldn't tell you. Way too long ago for me. Um, Fast forward, we stopped going to church. I didn't go to church again until I was with you. When we started dating, I started going because I felt like it was the only way to make sure your family definitely liked me, is if I <laughs> went to church. Well, because yeah. you know I had No, those, I get it. I had those impressions of mm-hmm. like you know they see pictures of me on Facebook and stuff, and it's like yeah I'm out drinking with my friends, things they don't do or approve of. I'm partying all the time, things they don't do or approve of. It was all of these things that made my life that was so opposite of your family. I was like, this this kid's never going to last with me because this is not what his family wants. At least I can go to church with him on Sundays. But that was only if I got off on a Sunday, which was rare because I worked so much. And then later, you know, down the road, I finally get a job that is full-time and I'm able to be off on the weekends and then I could go to church with you. Then your job start interfering with church. Um, so really, as far as like a physical building, I haven't really been set to any place. Um, and I never really kind of thought that was important. I'm starting to feel a little differently now. I kind of want that. Yeah. Watching from my living room is nice. Um, we just got back into church what about a month ago and it's really really working for me i really like it but i think i miss the while well, i love being alone with you all the time it's starting to get on my nerves yeah, yeah, that know. you don't want to be around people right. no offense um i need that mm-hmm. i need i need that um so as far as a physical building that's about my church story other than weddings and funerals i you know, And Laura, my best friend growing up, she was Catholic, so I went to church with her family whenever she was forced to go to church because she went to Catholic school, so she didn't want to go more than she had to. Um, I really didn't go anywhere, but I was always taught to say my prayers at night. Mm. And so it was like, since I was really little, I always said my prayers before I went to bed. It was something my mom told me to do. It's something her parents told her to do, I assume. So it was just something that was part of my life. Like, okay, I say my prayers. It didn't hit me until I was older, like, what I was doing. I guess it was just one of those things. Um, While my parents disagree, you're christened once. That means you're baptized. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. I chose to be baptized at our first church, um, at First Baptist Um, which was your home church for your whole life when I was in my 20s. Uh, I hate that I can say that, ew. Um, So I chose to be baptized. It was after you, before our wedding. It was just something I really wanted to do. Um, It wasn't that I didn't already believe. It wasn't that I didn't already feel that type of way. It was just more of an outward showing of, you know, here I'm professing my faith, And I think, in hindsight, I did it again for your family. I didn't do it for me. So, that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, Because my entire family hated me for it, so... Yeah, there was that. But, as far as having a relationship with God, I've had it for a long time. I've been through more than most people should go through in my lifetime. And it sucks. I have a relationship with God now. And I'm just trying to strengthen it and lean on it more. Because I'm an anxiety-ridden human being, as most of us probably are. And um, as you got to witness firsthand the other night, uh, when my seizures hit, it's absolutely terrifying. But the first thing that I do is ask God to help me, which someone who doesn't have a relationship with God would not say that. They would ask for help outwardly. And while I was begging you to come home from work, um, I think I yelled at you tell a boss multiple times. Yeah. Um, those moments are the ones where I need him the most, and I call on him because I know that if anyone's gonna get me out of it and keep me awake, and protect me and keep me safe it's him it's him and ziva (laughs) so ziva's gonna sit there and and watch and god's gonna just hold me and i'm gonna be fine sometimes in those really hard moments it's hard to remember that that's gonna happen and sometimes i rely on like you Mm -hmm. or in that moment it had to be you know my parents i needed someone here obviously but there are so many things in life right now where I forget that I have that relationship I can lean on to just keep me sane, keep me balanced, and remember that I'm going to be fine because that's what he has already promised for me. I don't think I live up to any of the expectations I set for myself to make progress on what I'm trying to do for God and for the plans he has for me. I don't think sitting on the couch is part of his plan. I don't think um, doing nothing is part of his plan. I don't think letting myself go was part of his plan. And um, I think that everything I've gone through that I would never express here um, could help other people. That's why I want to get more involved in church because I do have something to say and people could relate.
1: Yeah, and I think your story is something and just listening to all of that, God has these plans for us and it's like, how do we know? You know, like how do we know what it is? How do we know um, what he actually wants for us? And we don't. No. But all we can do is put that faith, put that trust in him and do things. And then he'll tell us along the way, hey, no, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to do this. And he'll put something right in front of us. It's up, for us, it's up to us to be able to open our eyes and actually see that. Yeah. You know, and I think one of your things in your strong suits is like your writing and your storytelling and... Stuff about you. Yeah. You know? And it's not like you got to tell your whole life story, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of things, and that's why I think people cling to you. And I tell you that all the time. You know, because I, th- I believe sometimes you see me, and you see stuff I do, and you're just like, oh, I can't, I don't do all that. I can't do all that. But you can do so many things that I can't do.
0: Yeah. I think for me, I get held back by the fact that, like, there are things I want to do. And it's like, oh, but I can't drive to get there to help out with this. I can't guarantee, you know, hours or whatever because what if something happens? I feel like I'm this... There's so many pieces of me that are just missing that can't do what I want to do because... There are things that hold me back. I mean.
1: Right. But then it's about finding a way around them. Maybe you don't have to be somewhere to do what you want to do. If you want to talk to someone, maybe you can, you know, Skype or Zoom or FaceTime or text. There's so many things that that there, there is for us that we can do. You know, it's just about figuring out a different way around it. There's always going to be obstacles in front of us. It's just like, how do we bust through it? How do we jump over it? How do we go around it? Because those obstacles aren't permanent. They're able, they're there to stop us from doing things, but we still have the ability to break them down. And that shows the stronger person is just like, do you let that obstacle stop you? And you just, okay, oh, that, that wall's there. So I'm just going to turn around and walk the other way. Or do you find a way how to get over it or around it or through it? Whatever you need to do. And I think that's how you find God's plan for you is working your way around those obstacles and trying new things and trying things. It's just like, I thought the whole time God's plan for me was being a personal trainer. You know? maybe down the road it is. I don't I have no idea. I have no clue. All I know is I have no desire to do it. I have no passion for it. And where I was passionate about it before, I'm just not now. But then he gave me these two other things to do, and now I'm passionate about these things. And I look back and when I was younger, and I was passionate about nothing. Zero. Not even sports. I didn't care.
0: I was never a person who didn't care, but I will tell you, I've never had a passion for anything. Right. Ever. And like today's church service, could not have hit home harder. About do you feel stuck? Like, you know, thankless things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing things that don't feel right. And just doing them because you have to. Um, it's one hundred percent my life.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's not just yours; it's everyone's.
0: No, I'm not saying yeah. that's the point of a service. It reaches a lot of people. Right. I'm telling you. No, that's you, what I'm saying. Today hit me to realize that I'm doing all of those things. I really am stuck. Yeah. I have that. It's not just a stuck feeling. Right. I'm literally living it. Yeah. I am doing all of the things I swore I wouldn't do one day.
1: Because I think physically you want to do one thing, but mentally you do another.
0: Or mentally I want to do something and physically I don't. That too. And emotionally I want to do something and physically I don't. Yeah. I know I have ideas of what I want to do now to fix this. Because I am tired of being stuck and doing the same things all the time. Doing the thankless things. So I don't need credit. I don't need a pat on the back. Yeah. Um, but I want what I do to matter. Right. And there's only a few things in my life I can say that I've done that really mattered.
1: Right, but also too, he was saying that you know we're doing these things that we believe are for other people, but God's like, hold on. I gave that for you. I gave you that for you. You know, so there's things that we think we do um, for other people because we're trying to reach other people, and it's great and all, but we're not taking it into consideration for ourselves, and we need to open our eyes to it, and we need to we need to see it for ourselves, and really see that, hey, let me um, introduce this into my life. And that's the, that's the awesome thing about God. That's what I love about is when you see something like that, when you, when you actually, you know, try something and you see how he's working in your life. And again, you don't know what it's going to be for. You don't know if it's for the long term or if it's for short, short term or what, but you know that he's working. He's always working no matter if you feel like he's there or not. If you accepted him into your life, you know that he's working in your life. And that's where your faith and your trust has to come in. That's what you need to build on. And no matter if it's reading the Bible or reading that verse of the day on your Bible app, you know, that's how he speaks with you. Through prayer and through his word. And we have to humble ourselves and just be open to it and listen to it and be like, oh man, that's really speaking to me. That's why these sermons and, and this music speaks to us. I heard that song, Waymaker, two times today, and I cried both times. Because I know everything I do, I give him the glory. And I, I when I talk to him, I tell him, like, look, none of this is for me, man.
0: That's uh, one of my biggest downfalls. I don't thank him enough. I should ask him for a lot of things.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: not ask for a lot but of that's things. A, that's but that's the
1: human way, you know? We all We all do it. When things go bad... You know, who did Who did everyone turn to after 9-11? God, everyone's praying, everyone's doing something, you know what I mean? When things go good, they give themselves a pat on the back. They give themselves the credit. You know, ever since a couple years ago, I believe it was just two, two years ago, I've opened my eyes and I've really tried to notice the things that God's put in my life. You know, whether it's the things I like or don't like, whatever. Of course, I have a plan for myself and I tell him that. I'm just say, hey, you know, please help me with this. Please help me with that. Along with, you know, praying for you all the time, praying for my family all the time. But a lot of times I take time not to pray for anything, but just to say, Lord, thank you.
0: i like to think I do that when I have what I call my God moments where I just like yeah. stop. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, that was you. Like, I know that was you. And like, those are the moments where I feel like maybe I didn't say thank you but in my own way i said thank you like oh, yeah. i didn't stop and say thank you god for doing this it was just like hey i noticed like that was that was definitely you i didn't really i mean i don't say thank you in the way that i should but um i'm not really good at praising when things are good yeah sometimes well, that, again it, something you can work on Sometimes I am afraid of jinxing things being good. There's
1: no such thing as jinxing. It's not. There's no such thing as jinxing. It's either hat is going to happen to you or it's not.
0: I know. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop.
1: You know. But so to go into my story a little bit. Uh, um, but me, like I said before, it was hard for me to relate to people, you know, that had these hard lives and, you know, they finally came to God and I was just like, that's cool. But like, I can't relate to that. You know, I grew up in church my whole life, you know, started in church, um, went to Christian school, you know, had Christian family, all this stuff. Right. And growing up, I think I was in like first grade and, uh, people, the teacher said, Oh, if you want to get saved, go out in the hallway, raise your hand and go out in the hallway. I saw my friends doing it. So I went out there with them and I had no idea, no idea what that meant. You know, and I was in first grade, I was like, how am I supposed to know what Jesus into my life means? You know, so that's something that I struggled with the rest of my life. I probably got, I probably asked Jesus into my life like 10 times because I wasn't sure. Except the last time, I was in, um, I forget what year, I might've I might been a junior in high school, maybe a senior, I'm not sure, but the last year I could go to um, camp and something just hit, you know, every night at camp is, is lit, you know what I'm saying, but this night just hit me different and I was just like, God, I know I've asked you a million times to come into my life, but I really want you to come to my life and do your work. You know, and then, um, and then I kept living my life the same, but it got even worse. I didn't want anything to do with them. I didn't want. I didn't want to live a Christian life. I wanted to go smoke. I wanted to drink. I wanted to do all this stuff, right? Uh, and I don't know if it was something that I just needed to go through. And luckily, I didn't become addicted to anything. I didn't fall in love with that kind of stuff, right? But I don't know. It was just like the rebellion part of me just took over. I didn't want any part of it. I don't want to live that life. You know, because I was also caring about what other people thought. No one else I was around acted like that. You know what I mean? So just a couple years ago, I noticed something about myself and i noticed where it's probably the first time i actually seen what god's god has done in my, in my life. He put me at this place for a certain reason and i realized it. And i was like, wow, you're working. And that's what really i said, "Hey God, like i just give you everything right now. I'm tired of, i'm tired of trying to do things for me. I want you to show yourself through me and use me." And to this day, you know, it's continuing, like, what I pray for, it's, uh, you know, I'm not perfect, man. I just try. And that's all I can really, I think people can really do, um, is just try. And even to this day, I'm not the perfect, I don't even like calling myself a Christian because it's hard for me to talk to other people about my faith when you start off saying I'm a Christian. Because then automatically, boom. Boom. They get that thought in their head. Oh, this is just another Christian guy. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I've had, I've had uh, conversations with an atheist, right? And he's one of my good friends at work. And he, (laughs) I was telling him something about someone and he was like, well, I'm going to pray for you, however atheists pray. I was like, hey, man, I'll take it whatever way I can get it. And I was like, how crazy is that? You know what I mean? I'm not trying to push it on them because I refuse that. Yeah. I'm not that kind of person. What I believe in and that's why I choose to do it right now is kind of tell my story and tell the things I went through. You know, part of that rebellion led to me not caring. I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about what I did to a girlfriend, I didn't care about school, I didn't care about my parents or my grandparents. I didn't I didn't. I didn't know why I was here. You know, there's a ton there's a ton of things uh that I went through that I was just like, what's the point of all this?
0: Yep, been there.
1: But then God kept tonguing at my tugging at my heart. All the way, I think I was about 28 years old, I think, is when I finally said, I'm done trying to be do this myself. You know, even growing up in church, even growing up in Christian school, you think that everyone that does that is like this perfect Christian. There's no such thing.
0: I actually think the opposite of you guys, but that's fine. <laughs> that was always like the common theme because of growing up with people who went to... Catholic schools, and um, I had a friend who went to a school that wasn't quite Catholic, but it was more, I think it was more Methodist-ish, but usually it was those kids that went to the religious schools that were the least likely to be found in church, and if they were, they were forced, and they had no desire to be there, and they had no desire for any of it. They weren't listening. They weren't paying attention. Yeah. So I've always thought the opposite of people. I never thought, oh, good. Oh, Christian they were the people. worst. Oh, I yeah. I never thought that. I'm always like, yeah, no, those people are not even. They don't. Right, care. because they don't. Because Cause they don't want any part on them of it. Them it is so much that you know? they just don't. They don't want to hear it anymore. They don't want to find it on their own until they're older. I guarantee you, almost all of them do.
1: Right, because because that it's that seed that's planted. Yeah. You know what I mean? That seed is still there. All, all through that rebellion, all through that, of those times, you know. I, I was stuck in some bad times. I could have done something way worse. But I had this voice in the back of my head saying, bro, don't do that. You know, and then those are the things that kept me from, I don't know. Who knows what I could have gone down. I don't know. I mean, the biggest thing I can say is just I'm less angry, you know, dealing with anger issues my whole life. Um... Yeah, I get angry at stupid stuff sometimes, but not as anywhere close to what I was. But just trying to live my life happy, you know, and live my life for other people and taking care of you. You know, you may think it's a burden all the time, but it's not. It's effortless. For me, it's effortless. Because I know it's not just me taking care of you.
0: It's one of the biggest things I thank God for. Every single day. And that's when I will actually out loud say thank you. It's pretty much every time I'm with you. It sounds
1: cheesy. What's not? I think God brought us together for a reason. We met at We met at your house. <laughs> like he literally brought me to your door like DoorDash.
0: <laughs> and even more so, one of my biggest God moments was when you broke up with me, rude. Um, because you felt the need to go see, you know, whatever, as you say, you needed to know for sure I was the person you're going to marry. You broke up with me and I still wanted to see grandma, So I mm-hmm. saw your grandma. and Penny and I wanted to go out and it was Friday night and I was like, well, grandma has got a real hot date at church.
1: Making <laughs> she, cookies or whatever. We did
0: a cookie exchange. She said she'll make cookies for us. To bring if we want to go with her. Penny was like, as long as we can hit the bar after, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Which was our plan. We were going yeah. to go get drinks or something. And so Penny and I went to church with Grandma. And we were there for a little bit. And it was hard. And um, Mrs. Burroughs mm-hmm. and Mrs. Unruh were singing. And they were singing, Lord, I need you. And we were all standing there. And it was pretty quiet in the little, I think we were in the gym. Yeah, we were in the gym. And all of a sudden, I got a text from you. And I was like, I've been in this church maybe ten minutes. I walked into this building. And... All of And I'm listening to this music, this worship music, and I get a text from my currently ex-boyfriend while I'm hanging out with his grandmother. First thought was, how am I supposed to explain what I'm doing? When you asked, yeah. hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm at church with grandma. And then you said, and I couldn't even resist the urge to respond to you, which should have been my first Thing. When you're in a breakup, you know, you just don't respond, don't engage. Rule number one, I, I broke that immediately. And I texted in the middle of all this and I was like, I said, I'm at church with grandma. Sorry. You said, I want to see you. And I wasn't going to see you, but I was curious what you wanted to say. And I said, when? And he said, right now. You wanted to see me right then and there. And I showed grandma the text and she did this. She was, she was <laughs> just hoping, yeah. she was hoping. And I was trying not to get my hopes up and I was hoping you weren't about to ruin my Friday night, you know, cause I had a hot day at church with cookies and a bar later. You know what right, I mean? Like right. it was about to be a lit Friday night. And I had just asked for advice from a friend, um, On, you know, how her and her husband made it work. Like, did they ever take a break? Any of that. I was desperate. And I'm in church. And you text me. And then you came to see me. And in that parking lot, you asked me if we could just go back to the way we were. And just let me take you back. And I walked back into that building. And I was just like, God this is the best thing you've ever done for me. Now, I didn't know at the moment that it was the best thing he'd ever done for me. Mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, wow, this is amazing. Like, I'm in church, and you just, again, delivered Ben to me. And I was like, this is amazing. He better not break up with me again, because twice is enough. And then you proposed to me, and then we got married, and now we have this life. And while I'm constantly trying to improve it, every day, I thank God that I have you because I quite literally don't think I could do it without you. I don't think it's a coincidence that God made a childhood version of epilepsy develop until I was an adult
1: Mm -hmm. and with you. Yeah.
0: It's not a coincidence that I'm like one in a million to have this. Um, I got to have an amazing childhood because he let this wait until I was an adult. Yeah. Until he thought I could handle it mm-hmm. so that my parents didn't have to as much. And so that there was someone there with enough faith and enough love and support to do this with me. Because it's not an easy thing to deal with. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, you just have to think about like, To put into perspective, like people don't realize, they're like, oh my gosh, she's always talking about epilepsy. I literally, like, I can't drive. I can't go pick up my pills for myself. I can't go, I can't just up and go. I don't have that option. I'm here. You're at work and I'm here. I would go to work, come home, you'd have left for work. Or would be about to leave for work. We literally don't see each other. And I'm like a, I'm trapped. I've described it before as like, I'm a prisoner because of epilepsy. It's like, there are certain things I can do. Yeah, sure. I can go walk to my parents or call my parents. I can, you know, there's always people that say, Oh yeah, call me anytime. Sometimes it's an open-ended thing. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily true. Um, I, there's so many things that I cannot do because of this. Now this burden that's on me. Um, but you lighten the load because you're able to help me feel normal. Now, there are times when, for sure, you don't want to go out. But you no. know that I am itching to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Now that masks are gone, I think it's going to be easier for you. Yeah. I think you'll feel better about leaving the house. Right. Which makes me feel good. But there are times I'm just like, please. Yeah. Even for just... I've run to Starbucks like please mm-hmm. or let's go to the grocery store. I'm dying. Yeah. Like there are those moments where I'm just like, you know, there are the little things that you do for me that it's like, oh thank God. And then the big things. When I have a seizure, when you have to pick me up and carry me from the floor, when you have to hold me up, when you have to talk me out of those dark places that come up out of nowhere. All of those things, when you have to remind me of God's presence in our lives, when you have to remind me of all the things he's doing, because sometimes I question it or question myself, those are the things that I'm just like, he carries so much and I thank God for it because I feel like I couldn't do it. I just couldn't carry that load and you know how my anxiety is so bad that you have to calm me mm-hmm. and I feel like you're the only one that can, but at the same time you're the only one that prays with me to make it feel okay. Right. Instead of me just sitting there and crying and feeling all a mess. Yeah. You help me by telling me constantly, God's got us or God's got you. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing. So it's like I thank God for a lot of things, but I mainly thank him for you. Because you came in my life at exactly the right moment. And I don't think that was a coincidence. And you're able to deal with so much more than, I mean, people tell me all the time. that my I mean, hearing my dad say the other night, you're a godsend. He tells my uncle, you're a godsend. He said, only he knows how to calm her down and help her out of this and talk her out of it. That's why I listened to him tell my uncle. I just listened to it. And I was like, well, one, that's a little bit sad that I can't quite get there myself still. But also, it's really nice to know that like my family appreciates what you do for me too. And while I feel like it's constant give on your side, I'm trying really hard to make that the same on my side too. You know? Like, yeah. I want to have that same...
1: Yeah, but I'm not gonna take the credit for that because I just feel like I bring, I shine the light that God's trying to show you. You know what I'm saying? I think he just shines through me to allow you to see that. Yeah. You know, because you can't see it yourself. So he uses me to shine through and allow you to see that. You know what I mean? But also like on my side, I, like I say, I didn't care about things like i don't know if people get the how the severity of that like i didn't care about other people like i'm dead serious and um to to put me in a relationship like this you know has uh brought me that where i can comfort and i can care and i don't have I don't, wor- I don't say like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. I don't think I've ever said that in my life. No. You know what I mean?
0: The worst you've ever said is I wish you didn't have to deal with this.
1: Yeah, because that's stupid when people ask me the question like, oh, how do you deal with that? I'm like, why are you asking me?
0: And it's one of my biggest things is it's a fear of mine and a constant worry of mine. And I've started to let go of it is that pressure, that outside pressure from... Mm.
1: I'm not pressured by nobody
0: from anyone, from family, from society, from you know. Yeah. God forbid, someone else comes walking in and go, "Oh, my life is easy. You could deal with me no problem, huh?"
1: But here's the thing, too, with me now, is like I have, I don't get anything from an easy life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I actually want my, I want to have struggle. Okay. Well. Because that's just one. That's just gonna make me better. You know what I mean? Trying to, like I talked about those obstacles, trying to find my way around them and through them or over them, whatever I got to do. That's what makes you better as a person. You know, and I love looking back to how I was before and to see how I am now.
0: See, I didn't- I love the
1: person that God has made me and that he's continuing to build on and strengthen and grow. You know what I mean?
0: I didn't know you then, so it's hard for me to like relate. Yeah. I think at my age, you know, I've always cared about other people and then I've gotten to a point where I want to care about other people and do things for other people mm-hmm. and I'm at a disadvantage because I can't just up and be there for them. It's like I got to text them and I got to call them or what what have you Mm -hmm. and be there for them in a different way than I've ever been before where I used to be able to just drop what I'm doing, and I would. I would drop what I'm doing and go because they need me or they want me to go meet my best friend's baby, you know, to do those things. And I don't have that anymore, so we've kind of switched places where – You are more caring and I'm a little less because I don't have as much, I don't know. Again,
1: it's a different season in our life right now. Yeah. And I just,
0: I've always worried about like, I guess, I know you say you're not pressured, but sometimes it's difficult at our age. You know, we don't have kids and they're not Mm -hmm. on the horizon. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to up. But there's
1: also a reason for that.
0: There is a reason. I get that. But a lot of times people will look at that and be like, "Oh, poor Heather, she can't." Again, sorry, Ben. No,
1: <laughs> see, this is what I hate. Again, I don't care about other people. They can say what they want. I feel I felt like this since I was a little kid that God's have something more for me, and then being with you as a couple, I think God has something bigger for us. You know what I mean? So he's saying he's saying like I'm going to hold off on a kid right now so you guys can do this. Who knows what it is? Because also like I want to I I would want a kid. You know what I'm saying? I get that. I think I'll be a great dad. Yeah. But right now for some reason I just have no desire for it. Cuz I love trying to grow as a person right now. I love trying to uh, make myself better and make our lives better. You know what I mean? And I don't know what the reason for that is. It's the same reason that I've never felt like I wanted to get out of Delaware until recently. Yeah. So God put something in both our heads saying like, Hey, maybe not right now, but down the road, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Again, we don't know. All we can do is just keep living and um, keep trying to grow as people and keep having our faith and trust in him and he'll lead us down the the right path. That's all you can do. You know, you have that hope, faith, and trust.
0: And then pixie dust.
1: Pixie dust. Disney World, no magical express bus.
0: No, the thing <laughs> stops at pixie dust. Uh-huh no i I understand I've definitely grown in my faith a lot more recently than I have in a long time of course um I think it's always gonna just keep growing of course it's gonna expand in different ways um I definitely have things I want to do to change my life because I think God wants me to mm-hmm. um I definitely think today there's a reason I got to watch the whole service-hmm and that that random quote which fit perfectly popped up on my time hop yeah out of nowhere um i think it's all just random little whispers from god as penny says
1: it is and things start to come together yeah
0: you know, the more you work for it i think that's just where um that's the direction i'm headed now and i can't be afraid of it i just got to go for it and know that if God didn't want it for me, He wouldn't put it on my heart. And if He still does, He's going to make a way for it.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%.
0: So I just have to let it unfold how it's supposed to.
1: Yeah. Because
0: He's got my back.
1: Exactly. And I think we'll end it there. And yeah, I mean, that's our stories. Yeah. And if you can relate to it, if you can't, Either one, you know, I think we would both appreciate, you know, if you wanted to reach out, if you needed someone to talk to.
0: Yeah, I have a lot more that I would never say here, but I would tell you in private that I've been through that I feel like I could relate to a lot of people. Um, So if you ever really want to talk, then I'm always open for that.
1: Yeah. And she's great to talk to, you know, me, not so much. I feel like people think I'm too intense. But you know, my wife is great to talk to. Uh, people I may not love seem her. like
0: it right now. I'm just a little emotional today, so I'm sorry about that, but I really am I've been told I'm good to talk to, so you know I try and i am I give a good listening ear so,
1: yeah, and then we'll have our instagram's. hers is at Heather Souza, and mine's at big b ham eight twenty if you want to just d m us or I don't know, private messages on Instagram, whatever. Text us if you already have our number. It is what it is. And yeah, that's about it. We thank you all for listening. This is Strong Tower Podcast. And we're out.